The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You can not only learn from your mistakes, you can celebrate them. They define who you are and serve as a learning tool to become your most beautiful self ever. Welcome to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, with your host, Jim Stacy. Jim is the author of 11 books and is here to help you experience the power of the divine deep within yourself. It's inside you. You just have to know where and how to look for it. Now, here is Jim Stacy. Welcome to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. This is Jim Stacy, your host. You can find me at one of the following places if you'd like to ask me questions or make comments. First of all is my website, which is www.thedivineiswithinus.com. On Facebook, the same five words, The Divine Is Within Us. Email, same five words, The Divine Is Within Us at gmail.com. Today's topic is Living Beyond False Guilt. So let's just start with some questions for you. How often do you find yourself thinking about or feeling some kind of guilt or shame? Or something that someone keeps reminding you about, something that actually is none of their business. But how often do others put some kind of negative thoughts into your awareness? What usually follows the words, you are, you can fill in the blank, when someone is criticizing you? And the truth is, a lot of guilt is simply false. A lot of shame is simply false. What if they are just lies? And what if you never have to be tangled up with shame or guilt ever again? That's what this show is about and some shows to come. I want to help you be able to release yourself from all that has plagued you in any way that you might be carrying the weight of other people's shame and guilt projected onto you. And I'm wondering just how many people are really tired of hearing all the guilt and the shame comments and the issues that are seemingly everywhere today. We see it in politics. We see it in religion. We see it in sports. We see it in almost every aspect of life today that are filled with people's needs to make other people wrong or bad or guilty, or to somehow make other people less than they are themselves. Accusations are flying. Fingers are pointing, always at other people instead of themselves. And there seems to be very little peace anywhere. But yet, in all of this, one of our greatest challenges is to learn how to deal with all the old guilt, both the guilt that is real and the guilt that is false. There's a huge and important difference. Real guilt can and must be handled with integrity for you and the other people involved. False guilt, it can be recognized and thrown out as useless garbage. And we can also learn some valuable insights from both of them. 
Real guilt comes to us because of the things we might have done or forgot to do that have hurt others and or caused some difficulty for them and maybe even for ourselves. We need to deal with that kind of guilt and then learn how to live beyond it. To push it away is to miss a powerful and a healing experience. For healing does await us in the strangest places at times. Sometimes healing is waiting right where we are hurting. So how do we deal with real guilt? We'll take a look at that in a few minutes, but first we need to recognize that false guilt comes to us because almost always, and I would say likely always, but I say almost because once in a while it may not be so, but almost always because of some lies that we have believed. For whatever reasons, it usually comes to us from some voice that thinks it is a greater authority over us than they really are. They're really not an authority in any way except in their own minds. It is a false authority that wounds us the deepest. Self-appointed authority is usually the loudest voice and the most wounding voice that we will ever hear. We saw on last week's show, uh, called Overcoming Guilt and Shame, that organized religion is the biggest source of false guilt. Christianity was officially established at the Council of Nicaea in 325, hundreds of years after Yeshua Jesus was here. It was a man's only group amongst the Roman Empire's heinous history. Out of that council came a fabricated holy book of writings that left out most of the texts that were available for them to choose from. In those days, there were hundreds of texts and writings available to choose from, but they just chose only the ones that agreed with their predetermined beliefs, the things that they thought were right and wrong, their criteria about the distortions of guilt and shame. The church chose the writings of St. Paul instead of what Yeshua or Jesus actually taught. Then, in those translations, they put them into Greek and Latin and English, and the church in those translations totally left the Aramaic Jesus in the dust of history. They did that on purpose so they could control the masses with guilt and shame. Then they made up a new creed of their favorite beliefs. It is called the Nicene Creed. And it's still used today in many churches every Sunday. After that creed came theology and dogma and rules that were based directly upon that creed. Then came the message of guilt and shame and fear. These are the goals in creating dogma in the first place. And as if that weren't enough, in the aftermath of it all, they forced horrific control and fear upon the people as the Roman Catholic Church began burning at the stake all of the people that would not go along with their newly created beliefs. All of this is history. I've studied it for years. These facts and many others have been hidden for centuries, most of all because the church has never owned its own shame and guilt. It was Pope Gregory that initiated the bloodshed, a slaughter of the innocent, and the burning of tens of thousands of people at the stake just because the church fathers didn't like the common people believing different things than what the church had decided was the only truth. So they had to find something bad about those people. And after labeling their differences as demonic or Satan or whatever, only because the people didn't go along with their newly created dogma early in the fourth century, 
they were torched alive. How loving of the church to be so dogmatic and shame-filled that they would stoop to doing this for over 500 years. Yes, you heard that right, 500 years. Most of this has been lost in the history of the world, and people are not aware of just exactly what happened back those in those hundreds of years ago. But why has that been lost to the consciousness of so many people in organized religion today? And yet today we hear of such great fear and condemnation of ISIS in the Middle East because they're so violent and love to shed blood. I say, hello, religious people. You do not know your own history. Hello, church. It wasn't just the Roman Catholic Church that was violent. Even the Protestants under Martin Luther and John Calvin later were just as violent as were their predecessors. Their scheme became fear if you do and more fear if you don't. Most of us have had some experiences of becoming stuck in false guilt and shame because of religion. Most of humanity still reels in this every day. But enough of all that for today. And for you, I want you to know that that is no longer the reality. It doesn't have to be anyone's reality anymore. We can live beyond guilt and shame. There are two ways, actually, two main ways that we as humans can get rid of guilt. The first way to get rid of guilt is to focus on others and their issues instead of focusing on our own. What about so-and-so and the wrongs that they have committed? And it's so easy for us to make a list of people and what things that they've done wrong. We think that we can get rid of guilt by doing this, and sometimes it works. We might say, what about so-and-so who's always hurting other people? What about this? What about that? You know, sometimes it's just simply time to stop thinking about other th people and what they have done. It's time that we might get beyond the murderers and the rapists and the thieves and the liars and so much more. But just creating a scale in our own mind and a mental balancing of them and us never equals freedom from guilt. Today we hear so much extreme criticism from preachers and politicians who go to church direct, <clears throat> that excuse me, criticism directed at other groups such as our LGBT friends, the Muslims, the non-white people, and so many more. My question is, why are they not speaking out strongly about the preachers and the politicians who have been caught in scandals of their own? All the false guilt they've thrown at others have come home to rest on their shoulders. And in the last few weeks, there's been at least 16 of these men caught doing exactly what they have been condemning in others. This is how projections work. You are guilty, and I want to be sure that you think that I'm not. Ha ha. Yes, that is the human way so often. But are we satisfied to just focus on others' guilt while we keep living in what is deep inside of ourselves? We can learn to overcome this. To blame our own feelings onto others is commonly called scapegoating. This word comes out of the Old Testament and the Hebrew history uh, that we find there. There's a practice back throughout the year on what was called the Day of Atonement. The records they kept of all the sins 
which is so easily the, a human activity, were then transferred to their tabernacle and all the blood sacrifices were made throughout the year. But on the Day of Atonement, the tabernacle was cleansed of all these accumulated sins and rituals. And at that time, the high priest confessed the sins of all the people and symbolically laid them on a scapegoat, some innocent animal, which was then driven into the desert into the wilderness to die and be forgotten. And by this crazy idea, both their tabernacle and the human people, the Hebrew people rather, were thus cleansed of their sins. Oh, wow. What an easy process that was. M. Scott Peck writes in his article called Healing Human Evil that, and I quote, a predominant characteristic of their behavior of those I call evil is scapegoating because in their hearts they consider themselves to be above reproach. They must lash out at those who reproach them. They sacrifice others to preserve their self-image of perfection. Scapegoating works through a mechanism psychiatrists call projections. Since the evil deep down that feel themselves to be faultless, it is inevitable that when they are in conflict with the world, they will invariably perceive the conflict as the world's fault. Since they must deny their own badness, they must perceive others as bad. They project their own evil onto the world and to other people. They only see evil in others rather than seeing it in their own self. We can always seem to find others who have been more guilty than we are, We've all done that, and we do not have to live that way any longer. Sooner or later, one becomes absolutely tired of not being real and honest. This is true mostly because we've just never been made aware of how to deal with the old shame and the guilt. I did the same for far too long, until one day I had enough of the old ways. The Aramaic language and the practice of applying it deep inside myself has been my way to, and helped me to overcome all of that. Transformation is the key, a concept I'll be talking about in many shows ahead. And no, I'm not perfect. I still am learning. I'm still growing. And I still find myself having to practice the, these, the practices of, of admitting my own truth, of knowing who I am, and not being afraid to admit that. We're coming upon a break here real soon, and uh, when we come back to you, I'm going to talk about the second way to get rid of guilt. Right now, I'll see you on the other side of three minutes. This is the Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles, and you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. 
Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian. Available right now on Amazon.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. So we just saw that the first way to get rid of guilt and shame is to focus on others. And yet it really doesn't get rid of it because we when we do that, we will always find it coming back to haunt us once again. The second way to get rid of guilt is to focus on myself and to take responsibility for what I have done. I no longer have to hide any part of the old guilt and shame. I can face it. I can look at myself in the mirror and choose my own actions. Make amends where possible and choose a completely different life pattern to replace the old energies that I gave into in the past. Now I know that the power of transformation within, I can look at any act that I've done and I can say to myself, I am responsible for that. I will make amends. I will ask for forgiveness and I will prove to others that I am changing. I will learn from this process, and I refuse to hide any longer behind my own guilt or shame. I refuse to blame others, and I refuse to deny or excuse what happened. Then I ask myself, what can I learn from making that mistake? How can I choose to replace that old pattern or that act or that attitude with a different energy and grow beyond the old patterns? When I take responsibility for myself, I see the lesson gained and choose to be a different person. Then I can begin to celebrate every mistake I've made. Did you hear that? (laughs) We can learn to celebrate every mistake we've made. And next week, the title of the show is Celebrating All Your Mistakes. Religion never teaches us how to transform anything. Never. It just says that when you're trapped in guilt or shame, that you just have to ask for forgiveness and accept that you're forgiven and then move on as if it didn't happen. Religious forgiveness is a sham. There is no God up in the sky that is there to forgive you for anything. Forgiveness has to come from the person that we have harmed, whether that's another individual or whether it is myself. Yes, Forgiveness includes asking our own self for forgiveness at times. Self-forgiveness? Oh, yes. What is that, you may say? It looks like this. It's looking into the mirror, looking yourself in the eyes, and say, I forgive you. I forgive you for all the mistakes you've made. And we, you and I, are learning. As we look ourselves in the eye, we can say to ourselves, not only will you forgive me, but I forgive you. 
Then we must demonstrate over time that we have changed or else the other people will be reluctant to forgive us. But self-forgiveness and changing our way of looking at things, changing our way of responding, that is much more important than trying to ask forgiveness and then just go on as if it didn't happen. Sometimes, or perhaps every time, what we need is not forgiveness, but to demonstrate to other people that we have taken responsibility for all that we have done in the past and all that we will do in the future. That is living in integrity. And, it, you know, it's not easy. It took me a long time to begin to understand this, and I'm not perfect at it yet. But I know that I have to change me. The other person will also know that, too, by the way I handle the issues. If I refuse to criticize somebody or I refuse to put them down, I refuse to shame them or try to make them guilty, then I can look at that person as a real individual. I get rid of my projections. I can see in them why they needed to do that or why they needed to say that. And then if I just love them and be one with them, they will understand what the, the, the process that's happening. We can change ourselves, and we can support each other in that change. So how do we break the spell of the illusion of false guilt? What is required for not just healing the wounds, but for reclaiming all that we still know that we are and can be? The process of healing and transformation of the old trauma can be the most delightful and empowering experience of our lives. Yes, we can do it. We can discover how to embrace the old patterns that have a vital message for us. Then we can learn to require those old energies, the old energies of, of anger or guilt or shame or fear or, or whatever it might be. There's a long list. But that we can require those old energies to tell us what messages they hold. The old messages are only wanting us to hear and to choose and to reclaim our destiny. Our highest self wants us to be healed as much as we want that. In the process of remembering and choosing, claiming and celebrating the person that we truly are, the old fades away in the magic of learning to be all that we choose to be. Your most beautiful self <clears throat> is awaiting your choice to do all this work. A very sad event has been folding in just the last couple of weeks. Most of you have heard of the Duggars and their show on television, the 19 and counting. Then in the midst of this Christian family, the, the revelation that Josh Duggar has a history of molesting girls. And while I appreciate his admitting to this, I am appalled at the response of Mr. Huckabee and others, uh, Christians in the church, that's saying, well, this really isn't a problem because he's been forgiven. Wait a minute. I hear no one asking about the girls that he molested. What about them? Are they healing from his crimes? Are they growing beyond it? Or are they still languishing in the secret from the acts committed against them? Forgiveness is not some God up in the sky. This is not the issue here. We must do our own work, and he must do his own work, as I've just described, and he must prove that he's changed, or there is absolutely no forgiveness whatsoever. It's kind of like the kid who didn't have a bicycle, and he prayed to God to give him a bicycle, but he never got an answer. So one day he said, I went out and stole a bike, and then I just asked for forgiveness. Huh, sorry, Charlie, no way you're forgiven. 
return the bike undamaged, apologize, and work on your false way of living. And that is the case for all of us. We must not depend on some false kind of forgiveness to just escape the responsibility for being real, looking at our own mistakes, looking for the answers within them, and begin to celebrate the, our ability to find lessons and insights in every mistake we make. Religion is false guilt. Religion is false forgiveness. Religion is false shame. There is no God up in the sky watching you. Jesus or Yeshua said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. There can be no kingdom within you without the presence of a king. And this is the greatest human quest to find the divine within us. The greatest quest we have is to know who we truly are, the quest for our spiritual identity. There can be no kingdom without a king, no queendom without a queen. And then he said something very powerful, but it was left out of the Bible by the churchmen who didn't like the sound of it. Are you ready? What he went on to say after talking about the kingdom of heaven within, he said this, if you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. To bring forth means to own it, to take responsibility for it, to choose to replace the old with a new way of being, and to give birth to a new self. Much more on this is coming and uh, becoming your way soon, and I'll be sharing this in some future shows. I have absolute proof of what I'm sharing with you, and you'll see. See, Jesus never said that he came to save the world. He never said that at all. The church made it look like he said that, but what he said is save yourselves from this unconscious generation. And we'll be seeing about that and more exercises and how we can practice that. The truth is we are never trapped in guilt or shame or fear, never. We can learn how to set ourselves free. We get to choose. Getting out of that trap is a do-it-yourself project from within. As I've shared with you, I've been working on that for a long time. And the beauty is there's no end to it. Yes, you heard that right, because there's always more to learn, to grow, and to share. And I love the path that I have found <clears throat> in studying the Aramaic Jesus. The truth of letting go of dogma, letting go of the shame and guilt, to let go of the trap of dogma is to get us to admit that we're guilty of something. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, but instead of seeing ourselves as doormats upon which guilt and shame are wiped, upon which the, the church and then religion wipes their theological feet, is where we have to get to. But you say, I've made some really big mistakes. I've really messed up. I'm so guilty of blank. I broke the rules. Well, oh really? Whose rules did you break? And who said so? But we overcome all the old voices simply by saying, yes, I did that. Yes, I, I did. I'm guilty of that. And you know what? I'm learning from everything that I've done. And I'm going to replace that guilt and the shame and replace the old mistakes with new patterns of living and set myself free from guilt, shame, and remorse and fear. I get to choose. Yes, 
You do. For Yeshua taught this truth long before the church changed what he said and rewrote their Bible to reflect what they wanted him to say. He said, choose today to give birth to a new self. Self-birthing is one of the most incredibly beautiful aspects of everything that he taught. And I will be sharing much more of these processes, too, in the weeks to come. The problem for many is that religion has been saying for a very long time, oh, no, no, you cannot choose for yourself. To choose for yourself is a slippery slope. Oh, how I heard that as a kid. And I always wondered why those who were saying that were obviously choosing for themselves. But, you know, I actually love the slippery slope concept. Just as a skilled downhill skier <laughs> loves a, a slippery slope, for no downhill skier has ever learned and been able to be a gold medal winner without a lot of experience on a slippery slope. As they trained and trained to avoid falling, avoid the trees, and avoid all the negatives, and learned much in the process. It depends on how one chooses to see a slippery slope, fear or opportunity. You get to choose. Every downhill skier has become skilled because of learning how to navigate a slippery slope. And yes, there's something else that we must talk about. For without dealing with this, or what is called the human shadow or the ego, we will not be able to do our inner work as effectively as we otherwise can. This subject is huge. It is tantamount to all of the principles Yeshua taught. The human shadow. No, it's not bad. No, it's not something to be afraid of. No, it's not something that's dark and evil or wicked. The human shadow is a beautiful concept that we're going to take up right after this next break. I'll see you in just a couple of minutes. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles, and you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. 
So the human shadow, exactly what is this? Oh, it's been mislabeled. It's been called a sin nature. It's been called evil and wickedness and all kind of things. But I want to share with you today that all the parts of us that might be included in what we call the shadow are not bad things. Did you get that? They are not bad, wicked things. So I'm going to take some time today to begin to share what the idea and concept of the human shadow is. There will be a couple of shows coming up soon where I'll go in much more detail about the human shadow or the beauty of it, how we can adapt to it, how we can own it, and how we can use that to become our most beautiful self. There's another amazing statement of Yeshua's that's found in the Bible, but one that the church completely ignores because they don't understand what he said. I've seen it many times, and I know that as, as a kid in church and for many years later, I never ever heard anyone talk about this. But it says in one verse, the lamp of the body is the eye. Now, this is Yeshua speaking. And this just not, doesn't make any sense whatsoever. As I said, in all those years, I never heard anyone try to explain it, not once. But when I found this phrase, this same verse, the lamp of the body is the eye, in the Aramaic, suddenly it all made sense. When he spoke of the light or the lamp within, he was always referring to the kingdom of heaven that is within us. If you don't get anything else today, get that one. When he said light, you are the light of the world, or he said, I am the light of the world, even the words I am in Aramaic are very, very powerful. The words are ianana, and those words reveal this truth. When you understand by experience that the greater I am is within you, the smaller I am, then you will know of your own divinity that is within you and shines as a light for the world. He said, not just I am the light of the world, he said, you are the light of the world. And the religion has never understood that, what he, or understood what he meant, because the church wants to be the light. It is not. Dogma and theology can never be a light. And when he said, the light that is within you, he always was referring to the light of our own divine self. <clears throat> Excuse me. When he used the word nafsha, or, which is the word for I in English, he was referring to the complete and whole essence of the human being. So what he said in the Aramaic is this, the divine within you is your essence. Again, get that deeply, take it deeply within. The divine within you is your essence. No wonder the church doesn't understand this one because it goes against their dogma of original sin, their most cherished doctrine of guilt and shame. Then he went on to say, be careful that your light, your divinity, does not become dimmed. In other words, don't allow the light of your divine self <clears throat> to become less bright than it can be. Yes, and while the light of our divine self cannot ever be put out, Never, ever. It can flicker in the wind when we believe the lies of men and do not see that we are the divine in human form. What dims our light most is called the human shadow, wherein we allow men to frighten us with guilt, shame, and more. Then, instead of shining brightly in the world for others, we question our own light 
and we live in a dimmed or darkened place that too often is far less than what is possible for us to know and to be. How long have you lived less brightly than your true self really is? How long will you be satisfied to be less than your most beautiful self? You get to decide. We get to choose. For many people, it happened somewhere early in childhood that the discomforts and the pains of, say, being alive became difficult to bear or to deal with. The traumas of severe discipline, emotional scarring, the messages that we were bad, not good enough, or not worth having around, all caused our physical, emotional, and spiritual selves to withdraw in the face of what discounts are our worth. In that, parts of ourselves began to die. We stopped expecting what we need deep inside to validate our worth, and we actually began to shut down parts of our being. I think this has happened for most of us, if not all of us. It is in all those negative energies where we learn to avoid others, new ideas, plans, hopes, and dreams, and more. When we avoid others, we are asking for loneliness. When we avoid new ideas, we're pushing away our creativity. When we push away hopes and dreams, we're asking for failure and the loss of possibilities. To push these away is to fulfill the old shame of not being good enough. And therewith we begin to live a kind of illusion that denies who we truly are. When we try to compensate for our losses with food, sex, television, sports, or whatever else helps us to forget, forget what we're doing, we are only avoiding more pain. In the neurosis of focusing on what seems to help, but, but it doesn't, is the eventual awakening to the failure of all, <clears throat> all externals. Loneliness, loss, disappointment, failure, disease, and boredom are inevitable if we allow the old guilt and shame to dominate our lives. But pain and suffering can be transcended. The old patterns can be transformed into far more delight than we've ever imagined. The guiltless mind never suffers. And there's something else, an amazing, absolutely amazing discovery that awaits us in our searching, our understanding, our desire to know of its power and the awareness of, that all of us as humans need to know. It's something so powerful and rewarding that without this, we will never be able to know ourselves deeply, nor will we be, ever be able to discover and practice one of the most beautiful of all human experiences. What could that possibly be? Yes, you guessed it. It is the human shadow. You heard that right. The parts of us in the shadow that we don't like to think about or talk about or remember because we're too busy to try to hide them. We all do this in our busyness. And we try to and in that we push away what we think is only negative and demeaning. But wait, I have some incredibly beautiful information to share. This is the heart of today's show. The human shadow <clears throat> is not something bad or something to be ashamed of. Please hear that again. The human shadow is part of us, and all of us have one. No exceptions. The shadow is part of us that makes mistakes, tells lies, that hurts others, ourselves, and projects guilt and shame onto others instead of owning our own selves. It's the part of us that, uh, in, in all those projections, we, we do these things instead of owning 
and healing ourselves. The shadow includes rage and jealousy and resentment, greed and more. And the greatest news is that no longer do we need push this away or deny or pretend that we don't see it. False guilt is not the shadow. The shadow is our unconsciousness of what is inside and not knowing how to deal with that. But there is hope. We've been told that the shadow is proof that we're sinful and wicked and and that we deserve punishment and fire, according to the, the dogma again. But the church is dead wrong about that. They've been lying to us about that for over 1,700 years. I will stand on the highest mountain and proclaim this fact. I've challenged many preachers face to face, and not one has yet been able to prove what I'm telling him is wrong. Yeshua, Jesus, never ever taught the nonsense about sin and hell. But the church pushed him aside long ago in the favor of a dogma that condemns and shames and makes us guilty. And by all of that, the results of that is the church controlling the very self-image of so many humans. They cannot, they must not be allowed to shape you. This is your job. And only you can do and create the most beautiful uh, shape and, 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 and picture of yourself. Only you can create the most beautiful self. Yeshua taught us about making mistakes, but with no shame. He taught us about loosening the ropes of mistakes that we and others have wrapped around us, and then we can loosen the ropes of guilt that we have wrapped around others and stop seeing them as the problem. Yes, this, these words actually come from the, the famous Lord's Prayer. He never said, forgive us our sins as we forgive others or our trespasses. He said, I'll say it again. He said, help me loosen the cords, the ropes of mistakes that are wrapped around me. And in the same way, help me to loosen the cords of guilt that I have wrapped around other people. He taught about giving birth to a new self. But he never, ever said the word sin because that word doesn't exist in the Aramaic language, his native tongue. There's also no word in Aramaic language for hell. Think of that. Jesus, Yeshua, never, ever said that word. But the fear-filled men of the church purposely translated the old text to make sure that it looked like he did. And I'm telling you today, with all the confidence I could ever muster, that is a lie. After 15 years of studying the Aramaic, I know these as absolute facts, and I'll be sharing more with you in the days ahead. So I want to take the last part of the show to define and describe a bit for you about just what the human shadow is. We're not going to have time to cover it all today by any means, but we're going to get started. Many authors and writers have shared a huge amount of material on this intriguing topic and I'll do my best to share as much of that with you both today. And in about five weeks or so, I'll be doing at least two shows on the human shadow and how we can transform it all into the light for our own path and learn, and get this, to dance in the delights of our own imperfections. Yes, you heard that right. We can dance and in the beauty of learning from our mistakes and celebrating our most beautiful self. I'm indebted to Carl Jung, the famous Swiss psychologist, for so many of his insights. And there are many other authors who have written beautifully about the human shadow, what it is, what it isn't, and how to transform all that is dimming our light within. The human shadow is the part of us that makes mistakes and tells lies, hurts our own self and others, and projects guilt and shame onto others instead of seeing that our own guilt is part of ourselves that we tend to disown, deny, and push away and make excuses for its actions. <clears throat> we no longer have to do any of those. 
we can learn of its nature and overcome the shadow that dims our light. We can learn to team up with our shadow and become one incredibly beautiful adventure. Let your light shine, Yeshua said. Let your divine self be a light for the world, he said. Let others, divine light, divine self rather, be a light for you too. We are in this together. We are one. The shadow is one of the most amazing issues that I've ever learned about. And we'll be taking up more of that right after the upcoming break. I'll see you in a couple of minutes. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles, and you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. And I realize as I'm looking at my notes today and the things that I want to cover that there's just not going to be enough time to get through it all today. So I'm going to go as far as I can, and I promise you we'll pick it up again later and we'll take it to a much deeper place. Let's look deeper at what the shadow is and how to overcome it. Carl Jung said, everyone carries a shadow, and the less it is embodied in the individual's conscious life, the blacker and denser it becomes. At all counts, it forms an unconscious snag, thwarting our most well-met intentions. What he's saying here is that the human shadow must be recognized and owned if we are to be conscious and aware of not only who we truly are, but the other side of the coin is all of the beautiful parts of ourselves that we have yet to bring forth. The most beautiful self that we can yet be is in process. As we look at the shadow, own it and claim it and move through it and learn to go beyond it. Our shadow self is by its own nature not easy to detect and be quite, can be quite difficult to pinpoint at times, but not for the one who wants to understand the shadow, the one who wants to overcome the dark side influence, shall we say. The unconscious cannot be 
uh, become conscious unless we choose to uncover what is hidden. In the late 19th century, the famous author Robert Louis Stevenson wrote some very important stories about a character that was an example of the human nature like it is. Most of you have heard about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It was Dr. Jekyll, the scientist, who was a good man, and then Mr. Hyde, who was an evil, sort of violent, nasty man. Stevenson's point was to show that humans have two sides to their nature. Each one of us have our own Jekyll and Hyde kind of energies within us, and we know that. But what do we do about that? That is the question. Do we follow and listen to our ego, or do we follow and listen to the divine within? I cannot emphasize that too much. So many people say, oh, we can't be listening to voices inside. And I say, well, wait a minute. The last time you lashed out at somebody, your ego told you to do that. Did you hear a voice saying, go lash out at that person? No, but you heard a silent voice, the silent voice of the ego deep inside telling you to do that. We've all done that. May I share with you, the silent voice of the divine is also within. It's called our intuition. Sometimes it's called other things. But we can learn to listen to the voices within. That's not going crazy. It's not being psychotic. The voices within are there for us to choose, to be this or to be that. And we can learn that. And that's what this show is about in so many ways and all the shows to come. Eric Newman writes, The shadow self lies hidden, excuse me, the self lies hidden in the shadow. He is the keeper of the gate, the guardian of the threshold. The way to the self lies through him. Behind the dark aspect that he represents, there stands the aspect of wholeness. And only by making friends with the shadow do we gain the friendship of the self. When we, instead of owning our shadow, project our guilt onto others, we create a scenario of shame for ourselves. Projection is a process whereby an individual unconsciously projects his thoughts, his or her thoughts, feelings, wishes, and fantasies onto another person instead of claiming them as his own or her own. Like a man who is not willing to admit that he's angry, but then accuses his wife of being angry when she may or may not be angry at all. In the process of making her guilty, he disowns his own emotions, projects it onto her. While he may think this is the only way to handle his guilt, it's obviously not the way for the man to feel his own anger and admit that to himself. The path to real freedom is the path of owning and admitting and saying, yes, that is me. That's part of me. But it's not the part of me that I want to be, not the part of me that I want to really dominate my life, not the part of me I want to be listening to. The sheer beauty of that cannot be described. It must be practiced and felt in the moment. Joseph Campbell once said, <clears throat> one thing that comes out in myths is that at the bottom of the abyss comes the voice of salvation. The black moment is the moment when the real message of transformation is going to come. At the darkest moment comes the light. It is not until we experience owning our shadow, no matter how difficult that may be, that we begin to know how that black moment can be a huge gift for us. It is only by doing this that we will know. And when we what is excuse me and when that is known by experience then will not ever again be as difficult to own the shadow once we begin to do it 
it becomes easier. In fact, it will be a delight. Most of the time we see our shadow self in an indirect way. That is when we see certain actions or attitudes in other people. When we focus on the negative behavior of others and blame them instead of seeing that those issues are really inside of our own self, we miss the real issue. <clears throat> All that we see and condemn in others is awaiting our choice to work on ourselves and live in transparency. When our reactions to others are very strong, so often it can be just a mirror awaiting our looking into it. This is not always true, but only the honest person will be able to see when it is true and when it isn't, and when they need to deal with their own shadow. We can be irritated or angry at some things that are happening in the world. doesn't necessarily mean it's our shadow. Sometimes it's simply a value deep within that we need to speak about. But we can learn the difference, and we can know. But when we see only others' issues, we are projecting our own negativity onto them and blaming them instead of doing our own inner work. And this is what Yeshua meant when he said, don't look at the splinter in someone else's eye when you have a log in your own. When he said this, he was talking to the Pharisees who refused to see their own shadow and instead projected it all onto others, just like so many religious people do today. Whoops, I should say, that all of us do so often. Me too, and I'm learning. Projections? Well, was Jesus a therapist? No, he was just enlightened enough to know by practice what the truth really is. I'm going to have to sort some through some notes here and decide what we're going to cover yet today because our time is getting short. But it's no wonder that the religious people deny the Jesus who said to bring forth what is within you if you want to be free from its bondage. The shadow is within, and we get to work on that. We get to bring it forth. We get to honor it, to learn from it. We can look it in the face and say, why are you here? What is it that you're wanting to teach me? Help me to see it. Help me to understand it. And we need each, each other. <laughs> we need each, other, each other's love and support as we look at our darker side, as we really become honest about who we are. This is not an easy task. I know that. I also know that doing my own shadow work is, has been and continues to be, I would say, the most delightful spiritual practice that I've ever known. I'll be sharing much more of this in weeks to come. This practice requires of us a strong commitment to become our best self ever and a vigilance second to none. And in doing this work together and with those who choose to walk this path with us in mutual support and encouragement. So we start owning the shadow by clearing out all the old false guilt that we've described earlier. When we own our shadow without any guilt or shame, absolutely none, to say, yes, that has been a part of me and I'm changing that today. I'll keep working on it and becoming more beautiful in the days ahead. In doing that by ourselves and doing it with each other, we can walk together in a way that we have not yet experienced, a, a beautiful path. We can own all that has previously been disowned. We can empty that, as we talked about on the last show. Go back and listen to that if you need to, but the process of emptying is very important. Make a list of all that you want to replace. Write them down on pieces of paper and then take those individual pieces of paper and using a candle, light them all on fire and watch them disappear in the ashes. You can choose that. 
you can choose to be a new self. There's so much more to come. And in the future, I'm going to be sharing some of the most powerful words I've ever read, words that come to us from the Middle Eastern text called Thunder Speaks Perfect Mind. It's the voice of the Divine Feminine who says to us, Come to me, you who feel ashamed, for I am the shamed one and I am the shameless one. Come, step into your shame and you will find me there. Take my hand and together we will walk to higher ground. That's all the time we have for today. I'll be seeing you next week when we talk about celebrating all your mistakes. Thank you for tuning into the program today. Please join Jim Stacy for another edition of Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This week, let the divine work for you and with you. You're bound to experience a new life.